0: Good evening and welcome to the Fifth Man Futsal Podcast, episode number nine. What a week it was. I'm your host, Alex Slavovic, and joining me in the studio is co-host Mark Gavrinich, who, despite the odds, is here tonight. Some thought he might not be, but Mark, welcome. Good to have you, mate.
1: Rain, hail or shine, the Gavrinich comes in, no matter what.
0: There was some rumours floating around on our Facebook page that perhaps uh, you may call in sick after the weekend's debacle, uh, which we'll touch (laughs) up on a bit later, but like you said, Ray Taylor Shine, you will be here.
1: It was tempting, but I'm here.
0: Ready to answer all critics. That's (laughs) it. Nah, good stuff. Alright, so it was a big week, a big round of, uh, well, big week of Round 9 action. And we'll kick it off with the game of the week in the WSFL between the top two. Fremantle Wolves and South Perth went head-to-head, Mark. And what a game this was in the end. Uh, Fremantle Wolves coming out 4-3 winners in the last 10 seconds after being down 3-1 against the ladder leaders.
1: What a game, yeah. Gemma Crane to win it in the last 10 seconds. Um, Great running, great finish. She was buzzing for it. She was up and about. it It was a great win. Good game to watch too.
0: Yeah, it was very high-quality match. As you mentioned, that goal by Gemma Crane uh, with about, I think, 12 seconds left on the clock. Um, a really, really wonderful individual effort, and she managed to beat a defender and shoot from just inside the halfway line and finish it in off the post from fair distance. And that was a second goal, and, and, and she was spectacular. Um, the other goal scorers, the Wolves, were Duncanson and Byrne while... Um, uh, Botha, Spadano, and Betty scored for South Perth, who actually, after that result, dropped their first points off the season.
1: Mate, it's still good to have a good run all the way till now without losing. So, they're still, they're still probably my favourites to take out the premiership.
0: I think it's a it's a very tight looking ladder now. Obviously, with South Perth's loss, uh, that takes them to seven and one uh, with twenty one points. And just behind them is Coburn E W A, who had an impressive uh, win on the weekend as well in a shootout. Uh, they're six and two. And then we've got Sterling Brazzeginger, uh, five wins, three losses, fifteen points. And Fremantle Wolves are five and two. So with their game in hand, the Wolves actually could go into second spot and just be a game behind South Perth. As well, so it is a very tight race there um, in the WSFL, and, and that match of the week um, was a cracker. And if that's a sign of what's to come later in this season, where, they, where we're set for you know some absolute spectacles. Uh, the other two results in that round were Brazza Jinga 8, uh, Fremantle 0, and as I mentioned, Coburn EWA wanting to shoot out 10 7 against Spearwood, where no defense was played whatsoever. <laughs> So Mike, we'll turn our attention out to the round nine matches in the SFL. Um, starting off on Friday night, Cumbrae against Fremantle, ended up 4-3 Cumbrae. Just give us your quick thoughts on that game.
1: Yeah, great game there, great. I mean, I think it was the Tyler Garner show, that one. Um, yeah, he, was, from him. he was everywhere. He was everywhere causing causing mayhem. Um, yeah, he's a great player, he, he, he really flexed his, uh, Muscles in that game. <clears throat> and uh it's very good three points for you boys. Um yeah, but in a very tight contest. So um Frio I think Danilo hit the crossbar claiming that it went in, and so there was a few good chances from Freo too, but um, I think you boys, yeah, just too strong in the end.
0: Yeah, and I'm happy with that one. Uh, bank the points and move on to the next week. I will touch up on that game a little bit more in our talking points. Um but the second game of the night, bit of an upset of sorts, uh, curtain football Star. And the Murdoch Warriors, a very impressive 2 0 win for Curtin.
1: Yeah, very good, very good win. I think um, I think some of the Murdoch boys had their lever celebrations that that weekend. I think I think they were down south. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> so think and, and maybe yeah. others. So they suddenly yeah. only rocked up just hours before kick-off after a long week. So oh, <laughs> perhaps wow. a, yeah. perhaps a bit of a reason why they had such alarm I and mean, they couldn't find their way to goal. Um, yeah, correct, correct. So, they're in a bit of trouble now, Murdoch. Uh, obviously, they've uh, dropped quite a few points out of that top uh, six race, and things are not going too well for them. And I heard some rumors that Massimo Bozzolo had left as well, but I haven't got c- complete mm. confirmation. But it looks like there might be a, some internal issues going on there. So, you know, after their season last year, or last season, um, yeah, they they have not hit the same heights as yet. But they should, you think, start to maybe turn around a little bit and, and, and get some wins on the board later in the season. Yeah. And our last game on the Friday night was sterling Braza jinga against the ECU Jets. And this one, a very impressive comeback by Sterling. Uh, they, they ended up winning three goals to two, but they were 2-0 down with about 10 minutes to go um, before a late flurry of goals got them the points mark.
1: They're the king of comebacks at the moment. 3-0 down at AFC 4-3. Now to the Jets. And they were also down I can't remember who too recently as well and they fought their way back. So you can never count these boys out. And Broner I think on the score sheet again.
0: Yeah. He, he which
1: got his he's, on yeah. he's on fire this season and um yeah that's that's another one just get the points see you later off to next week.
0: That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, impressive win for them, and they're starting to turn it around. A couple of the old faces were back as well in Mosquita. I did see him, and it was good to see um, Chris Rocky make his return as well. Yeah, good to see. Yeah. So Saturday games, Mark. uh Big lineup of matches. We'll just briefly touch up on the South Perth-Longo game because we are going to go into more detail on that in our next segment. But South Perth and Longo, obviously, in the top of the table, clash. And Longobard barter coming out seven, six winners in a thriller.
1: What a game. I mean, like, what a game to watch. That was just end-to-end all game, eh?
0: Oh. Yep. I was... I, so I ended up watching the replay the next day. I was absolutely gutted that I did not make it to the Pro Futsal Centre for it. I... Uh, the Saturday. alarm, eh? didn't go off. I got I got home Saturday, arvo after a, a you know lunch and a couple of beers at the Lookout Bar, and I thought I'll have a quick nap, set my alarm, and then I'll come down and watch the game. And next thing you know, I wake up and it's seven p.m. I'm like, what on earth happened there? <laughs> so,
1: well, I'm kind of glad you kind of glad you didn't come down to the center, as we'll touch on a bit later on. So, hey, uh, yeah, it was kind of good that you stayed home. <laughs> so. <yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> oh the absolute cracking game, which we'll discuss in more detail soon. In the next game, Perth Lions, a very big win, impressive win against Balgar, seven goals to one, and they are shaping up as a genuine contender, Mark.
1: Indeed, indeed. I mean they're, they're looking really good with all back as well. Good to see him back. He's getting on the score sheet the last couple of weeks too there. They're looking real dangerous. You don't want to be playing there.
0: Definitely not. They're in, in some good form. <coughs> excuse me. Bless you, mate. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. I <laughs> burst my eardrums on this headset. <laughs> uh, so, good win there for the Lions. They're up in uh, fifth spot um, after a good run of form. So, they've really turned around after AFC game. And speaking of AFC, they were up next, and they absolutely Battered, Byford venom, eleven goals to three, but obviously Vayrant uh, Vanderos was very happy with some of the other events of the night, which sort of overshadowed AFC's impressive win. Um, so yeah, they, I saw. They look good, and they're not having any problems scoring goals, are they?
1: Nah, they're looking really good. Um, I think Caruso with that sleek back's got them uh, right in line, if you know what I mean, and uh, <laughs> they look real good.
0: Yeah, and they're um obviously they're, they're quite close to the top six. There was a couple of games in a row where they dropped 3 0 leads in back to back weeks. Had they won those two, I think they would be sort of fourth or fifth on the tape. I think fifth on the table. Yeah, um, definitely. So they would be kicking themselves. They um, you know, they'll be absolutely, I think, kicking themselves over that. Um, but some of the usual suspects got amongst the goals. Uh, Andrea Jukic uh, scored a couple. Paletta Palermo got himself on the score sheet uh, twice as well. Uh, Nathan Thorpe was amongst the goal scorers. Ellis, uh, Liam Ellison, Oscar Pitt. So a lot of contributors. Um, so AFC starting to look in some menacing form. And I believe they're playing against uh, you boys this week, EWA, is that right? Yeah, that's correct, yes. Big game, which we'll preview soon in this episode. And the mm-hmm. last game... <laughs> of the round, again, we'll just uh, touch up on this briefly, and then we'll get into more detail in the next segment, but uh, <clears throat> again, like, firstly, before I get into this, so Canning Tigers against Coburn, set the context, Tigers obviously winless this season, winless last season, uh, streaks spanning 34 matches, and coming up against a high-flying EWA. <laughs> I personally, on this podcast, I think predicted a 12-0 win for EWA, so Canning, I apologise for the uh, disrespect in my prediction, Um, but I also feel like it may have been a bit of a motivation for you boys to go out and and, and prove us wrong. Um, But Canning, in a sensational 7-4 upset, Mark.
1: Yeah, um, they were were just bound to win a game and um, it was against us, so. Yeah, look, we'll touch on this game a bit later on, but not a good night for our boys, not a good night.
0: Not at all. I was uh, shocked by the result, but uh, well done to Canning. Hopefully they uh, turn their fortunes around now and and uh, start picking up a few more points. It's been a long time coming for them. I think that's a record winless streak in WA Futsal history, so hopefully it's never repeated. So, Gavronich. We're going to get into our talking points and, and four very big ones from this week. Let's start off with the Longo and South Perth game. <clears throat> this match had everything. I mean, goals galore. It had controversy. It had a great comeback. Um, just give us a rundown on, on what you thought, firstly, of uh, the start by South Perth being 4-1 up and then Longo to bring it back and, and take the points, ultimately.
1: First of all, this was probably one of the best games to watch. I reckon this whole season, it was forward and back attacking. It was open, very open.
0: Very unusual for the two uh, Italian sides.
1: Yeah, and they were, and both keepers are really busy. And then um, obviously a big talking point was Laura getting a red. And um, but the big man Duffy, who stepped in, was outstanding. I thought, especially the yeah, coming. He out, made some really hot. Yeah, the game was already hot and he's come in, obviously, you know, a bit cold. And he just went straight in there and he looked like he was playing for the whole season for them. You know what I mean? Um, he looked very um, comfortable. He made some great saves. Um, yeah, Longo, great to come back from 4-1 down. I mean, that was huge. I mean, they got it back. I think it was, was it 4 all half halftime or 5-4 to Longo? I 4 all I think. it may
0: have been 4-4.
1: Yeah, and to get that back before halftime, I, mean, I mean, and then the goals that came after, it was just... <laughs> it was a thriller in Manila.
0: It was. I mean, watching watching the replay and and Longo got off to a very quick start. I think they scored almost instantly um, within the first fifteen seconds. Um, but then South Perth steadied and and were four one up. I think about eight nine minutes later. So they really put the foot down. And then and then the last sort of six seven minutes of the half, uh, Longo again found another gear and they got it back to 4-4 before half time. And, I mean, that first half just had it all. And as Fadi, who was commentating, was saying, he goes, I mean, I I didn't expect this much of a goal fest, to be honest. Um, Mm. But it was just end-to-end. I I didn't didn't
1: either. I honestly didn't either. I thought it would be uh, a lot lower scoring. But, mate, were we wrong? I was just end-to-end, all attacking, all, all, all.
0: It was, and I mean, obviously, a lot of the usual um, names were amongst the action. I mean, Kredowitz was very influential for Longo. Um, obviously, Mazzarelli, Malini um, were very uh, important for South Perth. Um, but that second half, South Perth almost reversed the fortunes on Longo and, and scored pretty quick, I think also within the first sort of 20 seconds um, and mm. got off to a good start. But then Longo from there scored three straight to it back, and uh, South Perth did... Go with a fifth man for the last, I think, four minutes. Yeah, they nearly got. They nearly got the equaliser. They were close. Well, let's talk about that. So they got it back to seven six, and then with about twelve seconds to go, Roberto Boy found himself in a brilliant position to score. It was a great save in the end by um by Longoski. I just blanked on the name. The lad that came in. He just mentioned him. Um, Absolutely phenomenal save, but in the moments before—oh, Duffy, that, Duffy, yeah, Duffy—that's yeah. right. But in the moments Scott before Duff. that, the whole centre thought Roberto Boy should have been sent off. I mean, this is a man who just can't stay out the headlines as much as he tries to. <laughs> <laughs> There's every week we're like, okay, we're not going to mention Roberto Boy in this episode, but something happens where he's the talking <laughs> boy. Um, so <clears throat> Roberto Boy is already on a yellow card, and then. I think about 20 seconds to go, a high ball comes into the penalty area and he jumps up and handballs it to, I think, stop it from going out. And, John's uh, just... Uh, John's. Booklo- John, has, jo- John Booklo- has joined us. Welcome, John. I, uh, I swear that wasn't planned. What a time to jump in. What a great time to jump in. Oh, it's good to have you, John. So, thanks for calling in. So, we're just uh, talking about the Roberto boy. Should have been a yellow, should have been... Um, Sending off, and so he jumps up, handballs it, and obviously it's called for a free kick. And mm. the whole barter team was just up in arms, protesting. Filippo was running up and down the touchline; he was crying <laughs> conspiracy, and the crowd was <laughs> booing so loudly, like I've never heard the centre boo that loudly over the decision to not send him off. But what do you guys think? Should that have been a second yellow, and well... got his marching orders?
1: Lalovic, I did the exact same thing Roberto did I think last season like first couple games I, I I knew the ball was going out, but this was in my forward line No one was around me and I, I just caught it and put it down because I, I knew it was gonna be their ball and I got books for it And that was like no goal for it. No nothing. You know what I mean? So I got a yellow for that and I was surprised. I didn't that I saw Roberto not get a yellow. I was surprised
0: based off that um, I, you definitely think he should have got a second yellow. Mm. Uh, John, what do you think? Because obviously you were involved in that match for yeah. Um Yeah. Um, well, I thought
2: it would be a yellow, but, I mean, it's a silly way to get a two-week suspension, isn't it? It would have been just one game. Oh, one game, all right. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes they give them. I guess the referee decided not to for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, certainly if you deliberately... Handle the ball. Generally, you'll get a card. Yeah. Um, but yeah. In the well, heat of the moment, like I, I was, just trying to run down the clock and make sure we got the win. I wasn't. Um, I didn't really care one way or the other.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. At the end of the day, you get the points. But imagine if five seconds later Roberto Boyd did score that goal. I think there would have been. I think Longobarda fans would have stormed the court and... Now you know how England feels. The hand of... The hand of... The hand of boy. Um, That was a great post, the hand of boy. Um, But actually, so I have some... I have some uh, points to make on the incident. So my first thought was, oh, got to be a second yellow. I mean, surely he's jumped up, deliberately handballed it, but... According to some high-ranking officials within Pro Futsal, Chris Colley reviewed the incident, the head of refereeing and an AFC ref, and he believes that the referee made the right decision Um, because it was a yellow card, but it did not prevent one of the three things that you generally get booked for for handballing. And one is to prevent an opponent from gaining possession, so the ball's ready going out, attempts to score a goal deliberately by handling so that's where maybe he was trying to but it didn't really look like it or thirdly the other way you'd get booked for a handball is if you try and prevent a goal or a goal scoring opportunity um so the incident didn't really fit any of those three criteria and that's why jonathan silas uh, kept his card in the pocket despite second referee um gabby running or gabriel running over to him and saying, yeah, that should be a yellow, that should be a yellow, so... His first, mm. um, his first card was, uh, I, I've seen red cards given
2: for those sorts of tackles, so it was pretty vicious. Yeah, on their challenge on Kredowitz. Uh, yeah, when a guy's running full steam, you know, uh, that's, yeah, that's...
0: I, I, I thought he was
2: getting a red for that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Skating on very thin ice there, Roberto Boy. Um, But Mm. he is clear to play next week, uh, despite all that. But in the end, Longo held on for the 7-6 win and take top spot on the ladder now with eight wins and a loss. So very good start by Longobata this season there, John.
2: Yeah, well, it's not really a start anymore. We're nine, ten rounds in. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're, um, (laughs) (laughs) we're, uh, we're humming along (laughs) nicely.
0: Um, indeed, indeed. Good team to be a part of. Yeah, for sure. Um, and our second major talking point for this week is the uh, events that unfolded in the EWA and Tigers game. So, as I introduced earlier, John, obviously Tigers snapping a thirty-five game, thirty-four game <laughs> winless streak against the high-flying EWA in what I think is probably the biggest upset <sighs> In SFL history. It's um, the biggest but- upset since uh, Buster Douglas knocked out Tyson.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: 1991 I think right <laughs> Oh wow John give us your thoughts I mean Especially after last week Where EWA smashed South Perth And then there was all the social media frenzy With uh, the memes going on And and yeah, then this um, was just a chance for EWA to
2: <laughs> It looked like a come down from the wedding But um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel that maybe sometimes, like to go and win week in week out, is pretty hard. And you know, some days you're just a bit flat, and maybe that was one of them. But i do no, still wouldn't want to flat. Play. i say, but yeah, I still definitely. wouldn't want to go play Coburn this weekend. You know, like no, no. Uh, I still think they're every bit as good as they um, have been this season. But I don't know. Gavranich could
0: explain it. He was playing. Was, uh, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, uh, where do I begin?
0: Yeah, we need a we need a inquest here, Gavernage.
1: <laughs> Eight o'clock kickoff Saturday. We're at the centre. The boys are there. We had a few draft come in, uh, a few boys out. We thought, you know, nah, still good, everything good. We had five players playing draft: Cookic, Gamble, and um, B, and then the two that come up as well from the draft. And they thought that was a you know good warm up for him. And uh, let's just say. I wish they never did play draft because we looked more flat than uh, than the. Fuck! Uh, I can't even get an analogy at the moment. John's there. Still human. John,
2: give me an analogy. I'm just thinking of those cheap batteries you buy in coals are like, <laughs> 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 like three like a hundred for four dollars. Yeah,
1: the ever the ever the ever ready ones. Yeah, and, yeah. and but, you're lucky if of them work. No, I think it's, um, it was more my, I think, attitude A, eh, big, big. It was all mental, um, which hopefully, which is a good thing we can fix. But it was just we well, little flat as we just thought, you know, to be honest, we thought we'll just go there and get the points and leave. But, mate, were we wrong?
0: Well, so was I. I mean, like I said, I apologised earlier in the episode to Tigers for predicting a 12-0 EWA win. So... Wow. They, yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so they, there was... Um, you know, They weren't heavily backed, I think the Kazakh markets probably would have had them at about $15 and actually during the game, during the live stream when I tuned in, I saw EWA was 6-1 down I mean, one, I couldn't believe my eyes, but two, then I just saw all these conspiracies flying around whether did EWA, you know, put a few bucks on the Kazakh markets <laughs> that, was the only, that was the only explanation that said, some of well, us could a couple come up with more
2: performances like that and they'll take us off the site
0: <laughs> now, if anyone put money on the tigers if they have that if they have a russian connection to betting those markets and if you put money on tigers let us know because that is one gutsy bet oh, incredible. but what an upset what an absolute upset obviously well done to the tigers i mean it's been a long time coming you know impressive <laughs> start by them to get out to a 6-1 lead and then they just managed to help hold on at 6-4 with a few minutes to go i was thinking mm. oh no are they going to find another way to yet not win um i mean at the moment it just nothing was going their way you know leading up to that in the season um, and i was thinking on oh, no, a ewa is storming yeah, <coughs> they're going to get a couple more but um it was not to be and there he goes down the history books as a 7-4 tigers win yeah
1: Perfect. They deserve it. They wanted it more than us, for sure.
2: Yeah, I think you can't take. um, At the end of the day, it's still you know five on five. That's it.
1: Exactly. Who
2: wants it more? And like, uh, I think for you guys to obviously you have heaps and heaps of talented players, but um, yeah, you just some days you're not feeling it or whatever. And Tigers seem to take their chances pretty well. Um, Yeah. And I think we've got them this week. So like. Yeah, the last thing we want to do is take them lightly because, you know, they still put, what, was it six pass Seven, seven. passes? Seven. So, yeah, you can't take them lightly. And actually, they have in patches played pretty good futsal this season. Um, just over the 40 minutes sometimes they've gone to sleep in little phases. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah they counted us really well. We we. Uh pulled. Uh, he, he got done, I think, the first five minutes. He pulled his hamstring. So he's out for another three, four weeks. And then it's just, it was just, yeah, we just tried. We, I think we, um, I don't know if you, yeah, you watched a lot of this, didn't you? We just, yeah. um, we just played really dumb. <laughs> for the whole 40 minutes. <laughs> I don't
0: th- uh, yeah, I don't think anyone would have accused you of playing smart foots that game. So.
1: Nah, we we've dropped, oh, we just, yeah, it was just bad.
0: It and was bad. a great chance for, um, for you guys to go equal second. Um, you know, only two points behind Longo and tied with uh, Cumbre. So that's, that's, you know, at the end of the season, it might be three points that comes back to haunt you for a top two spot.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So we're just going to get back on track this week, I guess, and uh, forget that again completely.
0: Yeah, and so just uh, our next um, main point, so looking back at the Braza, Braza versus Jets and the Cumbria versus Frio games, John, just give us your thoughts on Braza's comeback. Obviously, they were 2-0 down with 10 minutes to go, a couple yeah. of old faces back in Rocky and Mosquita, um, and they managed to pull one out of their hat and come back and take this 3-2 I do, don't um, think uh, Mosquita played. I don't think Rocky played. I, unless he played draft, but
2: I did he see him there and draft, kitted Because yeah. I commentated, I don't think he played, but um, they actually... Yeah, they were down a couple goals, but man, they still play good futsal, moving the ball around well, and eventually... Um, they wore they them down, it seemed. Yeah, they wore them down, but um, probably from their point of view, like they'd want to have done that a bit early. And, um, you know, score earlier But, no, I can see them At the end of the season being Like, playing finals
0: Yeah, well, they're into the top six now um, oh, I mean,
2: like, you know higher up. Yeah. You know, yeah One, two, three sort of thing
0: Yeah, no, they, they They will make a push now You know, getting these faces back um, They're going to be formidable And they sort of they weathered the early storm now Of those first um, Six, seven rounds Um but uh, obviously still a very important comeback for them. wasn't easy. Um, and then in the other... Uh, it was actually ended up being a bit of a thrill of a match as well, but the Cumbre frio game, uh, which you were commentating, John. Um, uh, yeah, that was the a, earlier a, a, one. A late winner from Tyler Garner with, a, I think, mm. about 50 seconds on the clock. But he was sensational. Scored yeah, a hat-trick. Yeah. Three, three awesome goals. Probably the player of the week, mm. in my easy. opinion. Um, but he's been Yeah, great all season, he was so awesome. Yeah, he... Um, He just had a huge impact in that game. and I mean, it was a very, very tough match. But give us your thoughts, uh, John, sort of from your view in the commentary box. How did you see it? Um,
2: Yeah, look, I think um, Fremantle possibly had a few chances, like half chances that they didn't take. But, um, yeah, you're right about Tyler. He played really, really well. There was one goal he scored where he... um, you know, he chased down the ball, he thought it was a lost cause, and then the next minute he just
0: poked it in. Yeah, with his left
2: foot from that angle, I couldn't believe that went in. Can't teach that,
1: can't teach that. Um,
2: yeah, that just shows you, you know, even if he gets that one out of a hundred times, um, you know, that was a game where he, you guys got some extra points out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, important, important win, and obviously Fremantle were, were, a, were a tough group, to come hmm. up against. I mean, they, they did well yes. to claw it back to 3 3. Um, sort of been in space for a couple of minutes, really. They've Got
2: a feel for Frio, like
0: they've lost a few games this season by a goal. Yeah, so I, I don't think they ever lose by more than a goal, to be honest. I think they've all been, maybe one game was by two, but I'm pretty sure every other game they've lost has been by a goal. So later on in the season,
2: Lady Luck might go their way. And um, let's hope it's not in the final. <laughs> Nah, they're solid. If you beat them, you
0: know you've played pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. You agree? All right. So moving on to our don't come Monday, we are bringing it back. So we've waited nine rounds. It is officially back for this week. Um, A very well. It goes to a very worthy recipient. or recipients, um, but in this case, it's the whole EWA team. Mark, I mean, it's oh be... how
1: convenient <laughs> comes back the day we lose to K. Oh, here we go.
0: Um, but that is definitely a, a, a don't come Monday uh, for the EWA lads. Um, <sighs> after I'm after just glad.
1: Was... I'm just glad none of the boys posted something after South Perth loss because we would have looked so dumb. If someone posted something. <laughs> Before we played our game against Canning.
0: Well, that's a, I mean, that game was set up beautifully. Uh, after the mind the gap mean from a young South Perth medium, man Connor MacArthur, I mean, making that claim when it was a two point swing, and then obviously South Perth going down. All he would have taken was an EWA win, and South Perth would have been minding the gap. So, <laughs> if you guys had posted something prematurely, that would have just been absolutely. When you talk about gaps, it's got to be like.
2: You know, Bay and Munich,
0: twenty-one
2: points clear
0: at the yeah. top of the Bundesliga. It can't be like it can't Two be rectified points. in a game. Yeah, <laughs> in, re- in, in round nine, <laughs> that's not a gap. <laughs> that's it. Oh. But plenty of bulletin board material uh, flying around. <laughs> um, and the other main talking points sort of come out of this week. I mean, there was in all the games, it was um, as there always is. There was a lot of uh, criticism of the referees. Um, what do you guys think about some of the, the, the sort of decisions that have come up and the perceived inconsistencies in calls? I mean, how do you see, how, how do you feel like it's been this season in general and also in the last round or two where it's been very vocal from a lot of teams?
2: Um, I don't really have any criticism of the referees. It's a very hard job. It's the hardest job. And um, I don't believe that any of them are biased towards anything. Yeah, they get some calls wrong, but uh, I reckon it's such a hard thing. Um, you know, sometimes they get it going for you, sometimes against you, but... Uh, no, um, I've never had a referee that I thought was out to get me, you know? Ever. No, no. And, um, you know, not the nicest bloke going around, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gavage, what about what about your thoughts on the perceived criticism of officials recently?
1: Ah, it's, I agree John, like, it's, it is a hard job. I mean, I don't, personally, I don't really, like, care about any decisions that happen. If it happens, i just say, oh, yeah, let's go, you know, just play on. No matter, I don't really argue with any. you know what I mean? I just don't really care, I just, really just play on. Um, yeah. So I don't really, I've got no really criticism for uh Yeah, there's some decision where you're like, oh, how's that not called and stuff. But like, it's, at the end of the day, it's just, just play on. They like, generally okay. even out. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just, yeah. yeah. I can't really bag them out at all, to be honest. They do a hard job and they do it good most of the time. So everyone's going to get something wrong, but.
0: Well, that's. I think everyone, uh, everyone always finds things to nitpick. But one thing I actually found quite funny was at the end of our game, I was walking past the referees, and there was a few Fremantle players that surrounded Jonathan and and Taz, and were complaining about some calls. And then I hear Jonathan saying to, I think it was to Taz, he goes, "Why is it always our fault when someone loses?" (laughs) I I found that. (laughs) I found that quite amusing uh, from John Silas. Just, uh, I guess they do they, they do always hear it from the team that, you know, from teams that do end up losing three points. They, they get a lot of criticism, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do have the hardest job in the league, really, so... Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. You'll never get all the calls. You'll only ever get them all against you, but... um,
2: I think a few um, went against us on the weekend, and I think one or two we conceded from, but, you know... Just how
0: it is. Yeah. Other yeah. I feel. I mean, we had some that definitely went our way, but then I think there was a couple that went against, uh, um, yeah. went the other way as well. So, I mean, you know, what can you do? I guess it's always going to happen like that. Yeah. Um, so, lads, uh, to finish up with, we're just going to go through the round ten predictions. Um, we'll get through this. Uh, so, starting on Friday night. The first game, Perth-Longabada against Canning Ultra Tigers.
1: Oh,
0: Gavernic, <laughs> you know firsthand, <laughs> well, obviously, the attacking power of the Tigers, so what do you see happening here?
1: I just don't see Longabada doing what we did, so I've got to tip Longabada with a comfortable 5-2 win. Yeah,
0: I think for me as well, I think Longo, obviously, in great form. Um, I don't see them dropping this game. But then again, I said Edap to win 12-0 last week, so <laughs> what do I know? Um, but I think Longabata will get the job done six six two here. here. Yep. And, John, obviously you're precluded from tipping, but um, I expect you'd be uh, fairly confident just in, obviously, a season so far that you can keep your good run going.
2: Yeah, I don't think the boys have ever gone um, like into a game overconfident. We just... Just try and do our jobs and, and um, you know, follow what the coach is asking us to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the next game, Fremantle against South Perth. Big match up here. This is actually a game I'm quite looking forward to. And it could be the one where Fremantle turn their fortunes around. So give us your prediction here, John. How do you see this one unfolding?
2: Very close. Um, I don't Like, I think Fremantle have been playing pretty well. So yep. I'm going to give them. If they got a full squad, I think they can um, they can get the job done. But you know, it'll be close. I reckon either way.
0: And so let's prediction. Go, let's go five four. Five four three oh. Yeah, Gavranich.
1: Yeah, this will be very very close. Very very close. I mean, I know there's a few. Uh, there's one Fremantle player in particular that's uh, you know very. Excited about this game. Um, it's been giving it the biggest to a few of the other boys, so I won't <laughs> say name. But I think I think Lalovic knows who he is too. Oh, but no, left footer.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, oh, this would be this would be a, a classic. Ah, uh, if I had to, I'll go to South Perth. I reckon they'll edge him out, but not 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 be four three.
0: Um, So I'm actually going with Fremantle in this game. I mean, obviously South Perth, two losses on the trot against two quality sides. Um, They haven't proven yet that they can win the big games. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. Um, So I see Fremantle eking this one out 3-2 in a nail biter. It'll be a good game. It will. Uh, I am looking forward to that one. South Perth probably hate me because I always seem to tip against them, but um, I think Fremantle will just turn it around this week. And then the last game of the night, Murdoch Warriors against Cambio Cumbria. Cumbria. Lads, predictions here?
2: 4-2,
1: but
2: traditionally they've had pretty tight games against each other. But... Yeah, Murdoch at the moment uh, not doing their best.
1: You know, it's a graveyard shift for you boys, and I know you guys train at graveyard shifts, so <laughs> I think it will be up and about for this one at this time. So I'm gonna go with a six-one Cumbrian. Yeah, uh, it
0: will be a will be a tough game as always. I mean, they've got a very youthful team and very fast team, so always you know always a threat on the counter attacks. and um, their defensive pressure is always you know relatively consistent. So, now it will be a tough challenge, but looking forward to it. Um, so, the Saturday fixtures, Curtin Footballista kick us off against Perth Lions, who have been red hot. Mark, um, how do you see this? Or John, actually, no, how do you right. see this one?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, Footballista are starting to... They're putting play. some
0: good performances in.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll, look, I'll go with Spearwood... Uh, perth lions rather, um, but four
0: two. Yeah, and Mark.
1: Yeah, lions for me, but close this as well five three.
0: That's uh, the exact score I was going to predict as well uh, in favour of lions. Obviously, Curtin did have a good win against Smurda, but I think lions are a step step above and possess more quality. And I think with the form they're in, led by obviously Jamal and Baka. Um, I think they will have a bit too much for Footballista. And second game of the night, June Jets against Balga.
1: Hmm. Johnny, you take it away. <laughs> uh,
2: that, could, <laughs> that could be close. Um, hmm. I'll go Balga, but not really convinced because the Jets have been quite tricky. Um, we'll go Balga five four. That could be a fiery one. That would be good to commentate. In fact, I am commentating that game. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: I will. Uh, I'll make sure I am. Um, I'm tuning in for that one. Yeah, come and
2: sit next to me if you want.
0: Oh, well, maybe I will. Because the next game's Coburn against uh, against Perth AFC, so I might actually join you for that. Um, yeah, really but dumb. yeah, with the Balga-Jets game, I, I'm actually going to predict a Jets <laughs> victory here. Um, I think I think the Jets will shade a Balga. Has had a few big losses recently, and I think the Jets have been very close in their games. I see them taking the points in this one, 5-4. Uh, yeah, I'm going Jets 4-3. No causing
1: problems.
0: And then that next game, so John, EWA and Coburn us in the commentary box. Uh,
2: and AFC. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that could be a great game. AFC coming off a massive win. Um, Coburn coming off the loss, obviously we'll want to get back into uh, their winning ways. Um, Should be good. If AFC have their full full complement, um, and that includes uh, Jukic. I think... Um, they're in with a uh, a shout for sure, but I've got to pick one.
0: Mm. High scoring, eight seven, Coburn. I'm actually going high scoring as well. I think not that <laughs> quite that high scoring, but <laughs> I think if both teams are at full strength, I will give Coburn the edge. I think they'll bounce back after last week. I'm going with seven five. Close.
1: Big scores, boys, big scores.
0: Some cricket scores. And the last game of the round, Byford Venom coming up against Sterling Braza-Jinga. I think this one's a bit of a formality. I'm just gonna go straight out with Sterling. I think they will win comfortably 6-1. 7-2, Sterling.
1: Mm, 4-2, Sterling.
0: Very tight one there, John. Yeah, I think Byford are getting better and better. Yeah. Well, that's our predictions in um and just you know who's really
2: good at predictions is uh mark higgins (laughs) 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 i mean uh if you listen to what he was saying at the start of the coburn um canning game uh,
0: yeah it was quite interesting i will need to go back and listen
1: he's been pestering me to come back on the podcast i think we might need to get him on
0: bring him on love his accent yeah, we need we, we need we we need subtitles or an interpreter. <laughs> when goes no, he's on, a, he's awesome.
2: Listening to him commentate.
0: Yeah, no, he's a, he's a he's a great guy, great um, great personality as well. For it just ca- carries um the show really well. Yeah. yeah. So that is it for another episode from us. Uh, thank you all for listening and hope you've enjoyed um, episode nine of this season. Uh, John, thank you for you know calling in despite yeah, no your hectic schedule and gavage. As always, good <laughs> chat, mate, and uh, hopefully you guys can uh, hit the training ground hard and make amends for the debacle the of last week.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> all right. Till next week. Uh, we'll see you then.
1: Uh, Cheers, guys! Cheers.
0: See ya.